You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball, and if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here, and now let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 81 of Half Street High Heat. Thank you, as always, for joining us. This is Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined by my sophomoric co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. That's not a very obscure word. I just wanted to insult you. You can find them on Twitter at DCNatchak and at HalfShackCap. You can find our digital media coordinator, OPT, at One Pursuit Takes, our blog contributor, Monty, at MDT0618 if you can type that many numbers, and you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. What's up, fellas? How's your week? So, Finn's an avid listener to the pod. Oh. Um, Finn's a heater. 
I don't know if you can hear him just scarfing down his midnight snack right now, but Man, wouldn't heard, expect anything less. I thought that was you. <laughs> I heard me complain about complain about uh, him waking me up at 4 a.m. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to wake you up at 3 a.m. now because 4 a.m. wasn't good enough for you. And 3 a.m. is just that much better, right? So he woke me up at 3 a.m., like two nights in a row. This man came back every 20 minutes until like 7.30. And I like left my door open just for him to like figure out what he wanted. He would then just stand behind my door, just stare at me and just howling. I'm like, all right, you're a little, like just a little POS from three o'clock to 7.30 every 20 minutes. I was like, I'm just going to put him in the garage. Like it's cold out there. Just go explore, dude. Cause I'm trying to get some sleep. But uh, yeah. So that was the two worst nights of my life. Shout out to Finn for waking me up at 3 a.m. Fantastic. <laughs> Yes, to those of us who have ever, um, you know, had a, an infant in the house, I can I can relate to the being woken up all night long. If you then had to nurse him, I would feel worse for you, but I do feel sorry for you. That's a terrible story. Um, Ryan is nursing him. He's nursing him into a young adult. So I see. You know, I see. I appreciate your <laughs> contributions, Ryan. Yes. Thanks, you know, Jane. putting out putting out good people into society is the most important thing that a parent can do. So. Kudos to you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, oh, God, I guess it's been two weeks, not just a week. Um, I came down with something, got the, uh, got the uh, COVID test. It was all negative, so I'm good there. But no Rona? No Rona, um, not yet. Um, but it kind of scared me straight, so I'm trying to get my act together, eating better, drinking more water, even though I, I don't hate water. It's just not my favorite. Like, it does nothing for me, even though I know it literally does a ton for me. It just does nothing for me. Um, but I'm drinking more water, and I've officially become that guy. Um, so, obviously, you know, we're going on month, what, eight, nine of working from home. Um, so, you know, a lot of sitting, a lot of doing nothing. Decided to finally be that guy and uh, got a extra large exercise ball, and I sit at a sit on an exercise ball all day at work. Excellent. And, you got uh, you married know. and turned into that guy right yeah, away. That was yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. <laughs> Rubbing off on me, but, you know, getting my core exercise throughout the day, trying to be a little bit healthier, um, trying to make my return to the big leagues. Uh, I'll make it back before Aaron Barrett. Um, but, you know. Wow, that was an unnecessary dick. I don't um, know what Aaron Barrett ever did to you. <laughs> I don't know. Just kind of fit. Um, but yeah, yeah, otherwise nothing new. It's been a pretty uneventful lot of, you know, just laying in bed because I'm just too tired to do literally anything else. Not that there's anything to do, but uh, yeah. So. Isn't that a, such a commentary on 2020? I'm tired from laying around doing nothing. Not that there's anything to do. Well, I'm sick too, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. the point still stands. Um, but yeah, our, our bye week couldn't have come at a better time. You know, I'm well rested, ready to perform, you know, in, in this week what 48 of the year you know i'm ready well rested ready. back and, and you know ready to perform like the washington football team ready to come out here and surprise everybody you know a strong performance one of my favorite things come july august is watching twitter explode 
specifically Washington football team Twitter explode with like, you know, the record protect projections because I see <laughs> nine and seven, I see ten and six. You I know, thought eleven and five this year. Yeah, like, yeah, you get on, you man. get the you know you get. The, there's going to be some of those fans in every fan base that are like way unrealistic. So I try not to count them too much against an, an overall fan base. Cause there's going to be outliers regardless. Um, but I saw a lot of, you know, I can see us going seven and nine, uh, nine and seven, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things every year. And, you know, through what eight weeks this year, I was like, but now, you know, they're kind of turning around. I did think the Steelers were frauds, but, you know, an impressive win. You still got to tip your cap. You do. And I'll tell you, they had, like, what was it, four days rest? If I were one of their fans, I'd be pissed. But I'm not, so I'm super happy. And, in fact, I just tweeted this a little while ago. I don't even care what happens the rest of the year. That was so much fun. When that, that late interception that sealed the game, I started screaming at the TV, my four-year-old daughter came running out of her room like worried because i just put her to bed like what is happening i was like sorry sorry i'm sorry everybody i woke everybody up so anyway that was awesome not that this is a washington football team podcast but it's worth mentioning it's not like there's a ton of baseball news going on it's like literally the slowest thing ever slow to adapt slow to get things yeah slow to adapt slow to get things going yeah, there's not a whole lot of baseball going on, although I'm sure Ryan will regale us with whatever there is. But um, my week was pretty, I guess my two weeks since we had a bye week was pretty uneventful too, just working. Although work is a lot slower now that it's the holidays. This is like notoriously the slowest time of the year in real estate, which is really kind of nice. I always stress that I don't have enough going on, but it's nice to get a little rest. And I'm doing lots of baking because it's Christmas. And uh, we, my family has an annual cookie fest where everybody gets together and we have like a, a whole day of baking Christmas cookies, which this year, of course, not everyone is able to come to, which sucks. It's super upsetting. It's one of my I mean, favorite you can things. just mail me some. That'll be <laughs> I acceptable. You a box. Yeah, we make like acceptable. 20 kinds of Christmas cookies. It's so much fun. So, so this it year sounds we like you have, have plenty to send me. Yes, we certainly will. But my mom will come. We see my mom all the time because we, we help her out a lot. So she will um, she will be here, and then we'll have a lot of people joining us by Zoom. My sister will be Zooming in and cooking the same recipes that we're cooking here, but not together. So we're doing what we can. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> kind of depressing. But, you know, it's COVID. You do what you can. Yep. So that's my big plan for the weekend. And, uh I wish that baseball would, I don't know, I wish that the offseason would get moving. It's kind of depressing. I thought after the non-tender deadline that we'd see like a, a flurry of activity, and we did. But we yeah. did see one wonderful, wonderful development today, which was that there will be real baseball in the National League for at least one more year. Take a moment to thank the MLB. How does no it DH in the National League. How does it make Dumb. you feel that your real baseball is literally a bargaining chip so the owners can have some type of leverage? Yep. How does that it make doesn't you feel? make me feel anything at all. I couldn't care less. Well, you should because this is the last year it's ever going to exist because it's going to be gone forever. And I will cover that. In the it's going to be a footnote in history. Can't wait. You think the way the game has been played since it started is going to be a footnote in history? Without a doubt. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it might go away, but that doesn't make it a footnote. A footnote well, in history is like a small anyway. thing that nobody knows about. That's not the, what that, this would be. You know, that that would be a footnote, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, 
Whatever. Anyway, sour grapes. Take your L, boys. No, cotton candy grapes. Way better. <laughs> that does sound good. All right. Well, on that note, before we all start bitching at each other, Ryan, please give us your weekend review. Yeah, so it was a slow start to the offseason as far as moves go, but there is a lot of very, very important headlines and stories that are going on that are going to shape 2021 and probably the future of baseball. Major League Baseball and the union are going to meet to discuss what to do about the rules that were in place last season. And will be did send a memo out to the league to plan for there being no DH in 2021 as the owners need some type of bargaining tool because the players have all of the leverage in this upcoming CBA negotiations and they know the, the players want the DH. But the main thing to discuss is the 2021 season as a whole. There's going to be a lot of economic issues that arise because the season will be impacted by COVID because everyone cannot wear a mask. There's probably not going to be fans at the beginning of the season. The owners know that. The owners want fans in the season. So there are discussions with them pushing back the season and having a shortened season. There is a timeline with the vaccine coming in May slash June. And with that comes the more, sorry, the higher chance of more people being in the stands as the season progresses. So the owners are considering that and may pitch that to the players to do a shortened season. The only problem with that is they're going to have to figure out how to compensate the players, and we know how that went last time. You add in the fact that they want to do a shortened season to figure out compensation. The year that the CBA expires, you have a gorgeous mess on your hands. And we get to the theme of this week in review. The owners suck. <clears throat> Let me be <laughs> This one has a theme, huh? <laughs> it does. Tim Ricketts. <laughs> The owner of the Cubs laid off over 100 people. He made huge cuts to his scouting department, said that they need to cut payroll as well, and they're very tight on money. That's interesting because the Cubs have two of the most lucrative TV deals in the sport. And then there's also the fact that Wrigley just became a national landmark. What does that mean? That means the Cubs are going to get 100 to $120 million in federal tax credits each and every year. So Ricketts, who is a multi-billionaire, please tell me how money is tight when you found a way to beat the system. Instead of keeping up the Mets this week, we have the madness that is the Phillies. Um, they're the most entertaining team right now. So this, so far this offseason, they have laid off 80 employees. They don't have a GM. They haven't signed anyone. They said they can't afford GT Real Muto or Didi Gregorius. This week, John Milton said that the Phillies lost $2 billion this year, which is funny because that's their entire franchise worth. So the Phillies are free. A correction was noted and said that Middleton misspoke. Then after he said he cannot afford JT, there's reports that they were shopping Wheeler around who's their best pitcher. Middleton said he wouldn't trade him for Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth considering he's dead. That's a smart move. But John Middleton did not know that the interim GM was shopping around Wheeler and having actual trade conversations with teams. He found that out through Twitter. In player news, the Reds <laughs> traded Razio Iglesias to the Angels in the cost-cutting move. Congratulations to the to the Reds on their 60-game window. White Sox are believed to be out on George Springer, but are in on Jock Peterson. The Mets and James McCann are in heavy conversations. As Steve Cohen tweets out, things are moving very slow, so please be patient. The Rangers hired Chris Young as GM. And sadly, Phillies legend Dick Allen passed away at the age of 78. This has been your Week in Review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. And this week's small business to support is Lita and Roe. 
They're a soy-based handcrafted candle company that's out of D.C., and they're all online. Everyone loves candles. It's the holiday season. Shop local, support your local business, and get everyone a nice candle. This has been your Week in Review. It's the holiday season. Yep, that was good. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot kind of going on, but not much of actual trades or signings or I don't know. It. I really thought it would start picking up by now, but I start. Remember that season when? What year was it when the free agent market really was cold? When Ian 20, Desmond was a free agent. What oh was my that? God. I have no idea. Do you I remember feel that like you year mentioned where, this once a month or seventeen? Yeah, but I'm saying that season. Like that's what this reminds me of. That it it always feels like. I think teams just didn't want to pay Ian Desmond. But it wasn't just him that year. That was the year where the whole everybody talked about how I think, it feels like a weird season for free agents. It was almost like the owners decided collectively that they were going to try to keep salaries down and gave, you know, there were a lot of guys without jobs when I think it was the the off season that Bryce signed. I think that one was worth maybe it's just recency bias cuz that one was, you know, happened more recently than uh than the Desmond one, but, you know, like obviously Bryce and Machado got theirs, but, you know, there was a lot of guys that were waiting around for a long time and signed for way less. It was the offseason before that. It was just that offseason. Everyone noticed it because Bryce and Machado were yeah. the big headlines. Yeah, they didn't sign until, like, February. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, what, 17? Yeah, that 18? was a weird one, too, because they everybody thought, oh, they'll sign the first day of free agency because everybody's going to be panting after them, and then they waited months <laughs> to yeah. sign anywhere. Yeah, this, I don't know, it's boring. I love the offseason. I love all the action, and there's just no action. There's definitely more to talk about than I realized. Um, First thought, I like the Angels making a move. Um, You know, I'm never going to, like, root for a team over the Nats unless it's for, you know, draft pick, uh, whatever, you know, fallout. Um, But, you know, I want to see the Angels do well because I still like Rendon, and obviously I you know, Mike Trout deserves something. So the Angels need a ton of help, and this one move isn't going to do it or, like, put them over the top. But, you know, it's still a step in the right direction. So it's nice to see them doing something. Um, And then with the Phillies, yeah, they're definitely quickly becoming the new Mets. So we'll just call it, like, following the Phillies. That'll be our weekly segment. I like that. Nice work. Thank you. Alliterative. Thank you. Very alliterative. Um, yeah, I agree with you about the Angels. It's, I don't know, just like as a fan of the sport, it kind of just hurts you to think of Mike Trout never being in the playoffs or never really doing anything. It would be so much fun to watch him on a bigger stage. But it, it's felt for a long time like the Angels were just going to piss away his entire prime. And I hope that this signals that they're going to actually try to go for it this year. I mean, they've got, they've got Rendon now. They've got another big bat. You know, if they could get some pitching. They could they could actually go somewhere. So I really would love to see that. I don't have strong feelings about the Angels because you know they're never good. So there's no reason to hate them, and they don't we don't play them almost ever. But I sort of just as a baseball fan perspective would really like to see them do something exciting with with Trout. Yeah, it's hard to swallow just as a fan of baseball to see you know the best player in history just have his prime wasted. Um, I mean, the last time this is like, it's not even a stat. It's just like a fact that I love throwing out there. The last time or the only time Mike Trout made the playoffs, uh, the angels lost to the Orioles. That's how long it's been. So, you know, that's just a frame of reference for you. Yeah. 
Yikes. Yeah. That's a big yikes. Yeah, there is a little bit going on, but it's, a, it's I don't know, like, it just feel it felt like a really boring couple of weeks and all the moves seem marginal. Mm-hmm. I really would like to see some splashy stuff happen. It would be nice to see the Nats make a splash, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like they have any intention of doing that. Although I fully expect what we're going to get is a couple of very Mike Rizzo moves where he adds some solid pieces and sees what happens, which at this point is what I'm expecting. Hopefully now that the universal DH thing is just set or seemingly set for the 21 season, you see a little bit more action because I know a lot of people are waiting on that. Like even someone like Marcelo Zuna, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're dishing out four years, 72 to 80 million, whatever, his contract's going to be, you're, you would like to know if the DH is going to be a possibility before you commit that money. Um, so uh, I think a lot of teams are waiting for that, and rightfully so. I think that's smart. Um, but now that it's, again, seemingly set, you know, get going, please. Something needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think that for this year, I, I don't know, I think for a longer term, contract you obviously need to know and like you said it's probably going to be the universal dh in another year or two but without knowing that it's going to be really hard for teams to make commitments to a lot of those kinds of players and i don't think it's fair they need to make a decision one way or the other obviously i'm anti-dh and i would love to see it i would love to see it eliminated from both leagues but that's never going to happen so if they're going to have a dh they need to just make it clear what's going to happen so that teams can plan accordingly because you can't expect you can't expect teams to be able to effectively plan for the future if they can't know something that's that major. When I say boom, you say er, boom, er, boom. Er. <laughs> you have one joke. It's not as funny as you think it is. Oh, that's I mean, very funny. You want to see the DH take out both leagues? Come I on. would love to see it. I would love hold to see on, no Amanda, DH in baseball. It's an abomination. Hold on. Hold on. Amanda, how many times this year where you're like, gee, Willikers, mister, I really miss watching pitchers stand up there and walk the first base after laying down a bunt. How many times did you miss it? None. A bunch of times. Yeah. See, None. you might not have missed it. I like the National yeah. League baseball, yeah. the traditional you know, way. When Howie so. Kendrick are hitting with the bases loaded, I know you're probably like, oh, I really miss that. Joe Ross was out there swinging right now, or Eric Fetty. Yeah, God, and when and when Trey Turner got hit by a pitch, I was like, "Oh my God, that can't happen! He's not a pitcher. Only pitchers shouldn't have to get injured when they're batting." What? These arguments are stupid. I don't know what you're going for there. (laughs) Okay, my going for is everybody says they shouldn't have to hit; they might get hurt, or they're not good hitters. There's lots of guys. Their primary responsibility is something other than offense. Teams don't even want them fielding a pop up in the infield. Right. Well, I disagree with those teams. I mean, this, nobody wants to hear us have this argument again, but my point is these arguments, it's not, why don't we just have nine DHs then? Why not just have an offense and a defense? There'd be so much more offense. It would be so fun. I would like, like that too. Because position players can actually hit. Right. And so would pitchers be, pitchers would be able to hit if they were expected to. They would, oh if my. they couldn't. They stop in high school. So you got to change my point. everything. Yes. You have to change everything. Job. Yeah. Their job is on the mound. How many, catchers hit, how many catchers hit 190 or 210? A catcher's it's, job is defense and calling pitches, though. Like, the pitcher right. and the catcher touch the say, ball. The pitcher would is you the say only... that their primary responsibility is something other than hitting, and that's why it's okay for them to have a lower batting average? Would that be a reasonable statement about yes, catchers? Yes, which is why. Yes, but they still provide something. Gary Sanchez yeah. sucks, but he still hits 30 home runs a year. 
I don't think it'd be and a strong way to run home runs in the last 100 So years. his defense sucks, but he has good offense. But a player whose offense sucks, but has something else to offer, like a pitcher, that's 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 not a, an acceptable You're situation. You're a pitcher. Your job is to No, hit. that is acceptable. That's our point. That's the point. He's right? a good so pitcher, defense, so he right, doesn't so, have to hit. They don't have to have a great offense. Lots of players can only are only really good at one side of the ball. There's lots of players like that, not just pitchers. I don't understand why everybody because thinks it's pitchers only for a pitcher. do one thing. They're only like they. That's all they do. The they pitcher is the only person on the field else. that touches the ball every single time. That's like asking a quarter pla- quarterback to play defense. It makes no sense. That's a that's a. That's a ridiculous argument. The They're entire defense exactly team doesn't play defense. It's not the same You're argument. You're asking nobody, to play offense and defense. Nobody on a football team plays offense and defense. Okay, so offense. Point. You're asking a quarterback to play That's special true. teams. <laughs> No, you're not. It's the same thing. Nobody from offense. Well, I guess a couple of players. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, this is not. Eat it. Eat this it. is not. That's not a good argument, Nick. That's you have the good same arguments. That thing you're saying. That's the same, the same thing. thing. Anyway, yes, this, nobody wants to hear us have this argument again. Anyway, you're wrong, and I'm right. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's the only argument anyway, you can have. There are lots of there are lots of arguments, but we've had them all, and like I said, I don't think we need to rehash them. But. It's obvious that the DH is going to come to the National League. I'm glad it didn't for a year. I hope it doesn't. I like National League Baseball. I like the way it's always been played. And it has nothing to do with well, age. Technically, it, hasn't, of- it hasn't even always been played that way anymore because they had the DH in 2020. So you can't use wow. that anymore. Please be correct. Wow, that was a clever one. That was clever. You know, I'm, I'm so just clever. trying to, you know, provide our listeners with factual information, not lead uh-huh. them astray with fake news. <laughs> lead them astray. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the Nationals. So our Nats bat segment this week, we have a couple of things. There's not much to talk about with the Nats, but they did claim, I do not know how to say this guy's name correctly. Rogelio Armenteros. Thank you. Rogelio Armenteros. So they claimed him, and then um, that was pretty much it. I mean, I don't think there was much other Nats news. He was with the Astros organization. Oh, yeah. Uh, they claimed on waivers. I'm looking at his stats. He last he pitched in 2019. Um, he did get hurt. He had 18 strikeouts in 18 innings with a four ERA. Um, his WHIP was one two, so his numbers are pretty good. He was hurt in 2020. Um, his minor league numbers were also solid. You honestly cannot have enough pitching depth. Um, right. We talked about before how the pitchers are going to be a lot more coveted. We're kind of seeing that with how the pitching market is moving and guys are getting overpaid. Um, you need pitchers. You can't have too many of them. So it's a good death move. He's pro- he's 26 years old. He's probably not going to touch the surface of the major leagues this year. But if he does, it's another arm. Yep. Especially, it, I mean, we'll get to it in a second, but especially if you do trade any of your young arms for someone like a Chris Bryant or you know, whoever else, Kyle Seeger, whoever else might be out there, um, you know, it's not a bad thing to replace them with more young arms that are controllable and cheap. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you could never have too much pitching depth, but I, I just like the idea of young guys. You never know, I, I think, who's going to get good. It's There's always some can't-miss names, but there's lots of guys you see every year who nobody saw coming, and they turn really yeah, people see, and they turn into a really solid reliever. So I feel like anybody you can pick up who has decent stats and might might turn into something good, it doesn't really hurt to bring them into the organization and see what you got. Like you said, 
maybe you trade them, maybe you trade another more recognizable name and try to see if you can replace them with somebody like that. But I like the move. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I dig it. All right. So Matt's unlikely to be in play for a big name was sort of the rumors floating around, which, of course. <laughs> This is the worst news of the week, and it's actually, like, the least surprising news of the week. Like, it's the Nats. Um, but this was first put out by Brett Garioli, and then Ken Rosenthal also confirmed it. It's kind of interesting, though, because there was a lot of smoke to the Chris Bryant talks, but I guess that was all mirrors. Um, and then, so if they're – the article mentioned that they're not going to make a move for Chris Bryant or DJ LeMayu, and they said big names. So you got to assume that means George Springer. JT Real Muto, Marcel Zuna. Those are the five best players on the market. They're all good hitters. You need multiple hitters on this team. This offense is not very good. I don't know if you saw the Zips projection for the Nats lineup next year. That's a, fifth, that's a fifth place lineup. You have Trey Turner and Juan Soto. You have absolutely nothing else. You, you need to address that. And, and they're most likely going to be hitting one, two in your lineup as well. Exactly. Like you need to address that or Juan Soto is going to get walked over 150 times next year. Like he, he was on an, a pace for intentional walks at the end last season that we haven't seen since 2004 Barry Bonds. It's going to be that over an entire season. And we saw that with Bryce Harper when there was no one else. They yep. walked him every single time first base was open. And that's going to happen to Soto. And it also kind of shows that like, the Nats kind of realize that their window is closing, right? And like Nats fans lose their minds at this, but every single reporter covering the team is hinting at it. And you can kind of tell by the fact that the Nats aren't really interested in anyone yet. Granted, it is December 7th and like they could go out and make some really great moves and just say, hey, we're going to go for it. But they need to figure out what they're going to do. They either got to go for it right now and go all in with this year or need to start freeing up some money, trade some guys, get something back into your farm system because you're trying to trade, you're trying to win for 10 years. Like they sold out to win the World Series. You have to right, get And I'm good back. with that. Yeah, and I'm exactly. good with that. Like you, and you, then, can, you can do that, but then you have to either say, we've got another year or two, we can do it and go do it, or you need to, you know, start the rebuild, retool, restock, whatever the hell you want to call it. Exactly. It just seems like they haven't decided what they're going to do. Like you have to figure out to go one direction or the other. Exactly. And it's so frustrating because like the worst thing you can do is misjudge where you are. Then you become the San Francisco Giants who are going to win 78 games every single year. And they're old as hell. Their payroll's massive and they have no farm system. They can't do anything. The Nats aren't that far off from that, right? They need to either go all in this year or trade anyone that they can and sign Trey Turner and Juan Soto long term and just take a couple years off, not a couple years off, like a couple years retooling and then rebuild around those two. You have one or two options. And right now, doesn't really seem like they're doing either of them. This seems like a good time to bitch again about them not doing anything at the last trade deadline. I just oh, like to that's going that to haunt them. It's going to bite them so badly. Like, you know, they didn't have the most attractive pieces, but they had solid pieces that they could have gotten a return for. They got oh, Tanner man. Rainey for, you know, a wash Tanner Roark. Like it can, you know, it can facilitate into something, you know, valuable and worthwhile. And if not, then it's no harm because all those guys walked anyway. So at least you got something for them, even though it might have not turned like panned out. Or, you know, you just leave them in the minors. Maybe someone else thinks they're, you know, attractive. So you trade them for someone you like. Like there's a, <laughs> but we've talked about this enough. It's just, it's just so yeah. annoying that, you know, that's still going to come into play even now 
yeah, that they still haven't done. I don't know. It just it they feel rudderless. Like they're not going in either direction. They're just spinning their wheels and that was a bit of a mixed metaphor, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, they uh they need to they need to pick a direction and, and do what they're gonna do. It sucks when your team is retooling or rebuilding or whatever, but at least as a fan base you can go, okay, we don't expect much from them this year, but you can't be in this halfway position. And I think they do have a shot again for one more year. Maybe, oh, I agree. maybe too, but it depends a lot on what, are, what is Strauss like when he comes off this injury and what is, what is Max, is Max Max again, or is, is what we saw last season, the beginning of a decline, or was it just because it was a weird season? I mean, there, there's a lot of questions there, but I feel like you have to try, you have to go for it. You've got, you've got the pieces to go on another deep run. If you just pick up a couple, if you pick up that big bat to hit beside Soto and you, you, you get a little bit more, you know, relief pitching and you, there's just a few things like if they just do two or three things and bite the bullet and spend the money, I feel like they could have a really dangerous team this year. But if you're not going to do that, then just sell. You know, the tweet we saw, it's like when Max Scherzer sucks, no one's going to be more surprised than Max Scherzer. Yes. It's the same thing with the Nats as a whole. When the Nats suck, no one's going to be more surprised than the Nats. Like they just will forever refuse to accept the fact that it's time to rebuild or you know retool or whatever they're gonna say oh we just won two years ago when you know you look at the team you know all the pillars are still there except one major one anthony rendon and you know you don't even have as good of the supplementary pieces uh like around soto rendon and trey like it's a significant difference and you you know you're two years removed with all your big three pitchers so it's just, you know, you, you have to accept it either to the point where you need to start selling or to the point where you need to make moves to replace what you've lost. Okay. So, you know, and we've talked about it time and time again, then the Nats are a team that lacks identity. We've talked about it with, you know, the direction of the franchise. We've talked about it with the uniforms. We've talked about it with just like their culture. Do they want to be the fun and loose team or are they going to try to be, you know, this professional organization. The Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals. We've seen both. You know, they're never going to be the Cardinals or the Yankees because that's, you know, a level of professionalism that goes on for decades. (laughs) Yeah, it goes on for decades. Um, But I'm fine with being the fun team, the fun, loose, like what you see the Padres doing, um, you know. The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, another great one. Like, I'm fine being that team, and we had a lot of that during the World Series run. But, again, you need to have an identity. You need to pick a lane, like you said, and stick to it. Because right now we're just in limbo top to bottom, and it's insanely frustrating. I'd rather us just, you know, be in a perennial uh, or, um, you know, situation of sucking than just be stuck in this limbo. Oh, see, I disagree with you there. It sucks when your team's like just on the edge of the playoffs or makes the playoffs every year and can't go anywhere. That's frustrating. But your team being completely irrelevant sucks worse. As a te- as a fan of both the Capitals and the Washington team, I can attest. That- I, I, no, I would much rather know <laughs> than you know just have hope and have it you know be taken away from me. But then again, I'm really? not one because for hope. I disagree with that. What about like late in the season? I'll find that, it, you know, when the Caps all those years were going to the playoffs and then never getting past the second round, like, yeah, that was brutal and it was super frustrating, but you still wanted to watch them every year all the way to the end of the regular season and into the playoffs because there was a chance. But, but with, 
Hope is but, the worst. Hope is the worst feeling in the world. And we felt that every single year at the Caps, you had hope and then it hurt. I'd rather just know. Like I'd rather just know I'd that rather to, it's better to have loved and lost. I don't know. I'd rather have my team be in the playoffs. But again, you still have to recognize when, okay, we're not a playoff team anymore. We need to, we need to rebuild. We need to start over and get some young guys or restock the farm or whatever you need right. to do. But I still would rather have a competitive team most of the time than one that perennially sucks. Yeah, I mean, rebuilding that for 10 years though. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's not realistic to keep doing that in this sport. We've seen the Yankees who did a rebuild for their standards. We see the Red Sox do about every five or six years. The way baseball is framed, you have to start over at some point. This isn't football or hockey like where it's just completely different. If you have a great quarterback, you're going to be competitive for as long as he's great, right? Like you have to start over. And I don't think fans realize that. Like when you sell out like this, you leave yourself with the oldest team in baseball, one of the highest payrolls with over 100 million. Red uh, Sox. Yeah, like 50% of your payroll is made up in three pitchers, right? And then you also have no farm system. They're the worst farm system in baseball. That's not like, that's good when you when you get your World Series, but when you have to readjust and you're going to keep trying to win, that's not a formula. Like they have so much money tied up and they have like nine roster spots open up and they only have like 40 million to play with. That's, again, not a good situation to be in. Like yeah. every you mentioned San Francisco. That's a great example too of, yes. you know, they won a bunch of World Series and they tied up a whole bunch of money and but now they, they can't do anything because they've got all these massive contracts that they can't. We get saw out the of. Red Sox literally trade Mookie Betts, who's arguably the second best player in baseball just last offseason because they just have too much money tied up and they had too many holes to fill. Exactly. They had no they had no like fleet like I'm sorry, I almost knocked over my water bottle, and that very much distracted me. They had no money to play with at all, and they made a difficult decision. And they got, like, people thought it was a bad return, but the guys they got looked to be legit, and they freed up $400 million, basically. Yep. That was a good move. The Giants bought into that false sense of who they were. They had a $200 million payroll in 2019. They finished below 500. And so think like, of, which one do you want to be? Think of all the years, and I get you know what Madison Bumgarner meant to that franchise, but think about all the years after their you know window closed um, that you know they could have traded Madison Bumgarner for something and they didn't, and now like you know they're just they're going to be in the state for several years because it takes time to rebuild that farm, whether it's developing young guys or de- or adding to that Great, farm to right. trade for for guys yeah it's true although i have to say i think if we had won three world series in five years i'd be like if we oh, i wouldn't five care years, i can live with that yeah and, and a, but again you know full circle if that's what they want to do if that's what the nats want to go for it then go for it you right, know that's it exactly for that's chris bryan add george springer add dj lemayhew i don't care go for it don't just sit around and expect you know something to fall in your lap other teams are making moves regardless of you know covid or trying to scale back budgets or whatever other teams are making moves and there's at least you know definitely the dodgers definitely the braves and you know a handful of teams that are definitely better than you in just in the nl so you need to make moves just to get out of your own you know league and your own division and your own division. You know, yeah, you could argue the that's are the worst are, team in the division, which I don't think they are. But I don't think you so. could you could argue that. It is an argument. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess the same thing we like I said, this is another issue we've beaten to death, but 
just do something, do something, pick a direction and go in it. And go I feel like as a fan base, we can, we can, we can go with you, but you have to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some fun stuff. Um, a bold prediction fun for stuff. the off fun season. Stuff. Oh, stuff. I've got one. Fun stuff. Here's my bold prediction. You ready? The Nats are going to not go get McGee, which is what I said they should do. They're going to get Sean, Sean Doolittle. <laughs> Same time. Yeah, that's that my, uh, that's my, I think it's bold. I, I think everybody thought he was gone. He did. He was, especially after the goodbye message. I'll, the I'll goodbye message. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I think he's coming bold. back. It seems like a very Rizzo thing to do. So there you go. Brian, what's your bold prediction? Yeah. So I'm going to go real bold. Um, I got two, right? So everyone's talking about how the Mets are going to spend stupid money and they're like, oh, the Mets are going to sign everyone. Uh-uh-uh. It's not going to be the Mets. There's another team that's going to sign at least two of the big four. Can I guess? Blow everyone's mind. Go ahead. Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it the Blue Jays? It's the Blue Jays. We the North, the Six is making their move this offseason. They're getting DJ LeMayu and they are going to get either... I think Ozuna. Or Trevor Bauer. They're going to get one Ooh. with DJ That's my I'll, first one. That's gold. I like that's it. That's my first one. My second one is the whole plan to push back the season, right? It's going to go to hell. Things are going to fall apart. The players are going to say, hey, we have all the leverage. And the lockout's going to begin in 2021. And it's going to lead directly into the 2022 lockout for the new CBA. And then when baseball is played again in 2023, what saves the day is that both sides agree there will never be the DH in baseball ever again. So when baseball <laughs> returns in 2023, that will be yeah. that will save the day. Oh. Wait, oh, there will ne sorry. never be the DH? No, 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 I, I misspoke. Yeah. Oh, I love I, it I, so one. much. No, I, know you, I know what you're going ever. for, but you, you messed up. <laughs> well, <laughs> you messed wow. up. This is the greatest day of my life. Ryan's on my side. Pitchers will never hit ever again. The universal <laughs> DH will bring baseball back in 2023. It lacks impact because you had to go back and do it again. Yeah, well, I had fun bold predictions. Um, top that. <laughs> All right, Nick, that's the challenge. What's yours? Um, well, I have one that I've kind of been – I haven't officially called it, so I guess now is kind of my, my time to call it. Um, but I have been, you know, hinting at it and talking about it in past, you know, episodes, weeks, whatever. I think JT Real Muto signs a one-year deal. Um, I just, you know, his here? market – Where are you No, 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 just in general. I, oh, okay. I I would hope it's here, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be because if it's a one year one year deal, it's going to be for twenty twenty two million. It's going to be a little bit of a higher AAV because again, it's a shorter deal. And you know, even at that range, I think the Nats are still out because there's just too many holes to fill, and I just don't think they're going to do it. Even though it would make sense if you're trying to go all in. Um, but I just think he he signs a one year deal because his market is rapidly sh shrinking. We've already seen the Mets, who have long been rumored to be a top suitor for JT Real Muto, say that they're more interested in James McCann. Granted, it's on a four year deal, which is just absurd. Um, we've seen the Phillies cry broke and say they're not in the market. So who who does that really leave? Those were arguably his top two suitors. Uh, you know, maybe the, uh, a mystery team, maybe like a team like Toronto, like Ryan just said chooses to upgrade over catch at catcher and help that young pitching staff, you know, maybe the Nats do jump in if it's a one-year deal. Um, 
But I, I just think with COVID and the CBA and the unsure landscape of the free agent market and the owners crying broke that he's not going to get anywhere close to the deal he wants. So a one-year deal at a high AAV is just his best option at this point. And he's going to bet on himself similar to we, how we saw Yasmani Grandal do it. And he ended up cashing in and how we saw um, Marcelo Zuna most recently, you know, he's, he's definitely going to cash in as well. Um, but there's just too much uncertainty with catchers and his age at this point. So, and you know, next year when things are a little bit clear, he'll still get a contract of length from someone. Um, my, my second fun one. Um, I don't know how fun it is. I'm going to try to think of one more fun. Okay. 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 I got this. <laughs> okay, I got okay, this. Okay. I got this. Okay. Um, the Marlins are going to make more significant moves than the Nats. Do you have any predictions about what kind of significant moves? Um, you know, n- things that are going to be talked about on a national level, like, you know, the Nats claiming Rogelio Armenteros is not going to move the needle for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the Marlins signing um, Marcus Semien would be of note. The Marlins signing uh, Corey Kluber would be of note, you know, not that, you know, they, they would, but just kind of those like mid-tier names, the names you recognize, but aren't necessarily the top guys. I can see them doing that. And, you know, again, the Marlins were a playoff team just a year ago, and it sounds like there's going to be expanded playoffs again in 2021. So why not? You know, worst case scenario, you're out of it at the deadline. You flip all those one-year contracts, get something out of it. It's how business is done, and I trust Kim Eng to do that. I like that. It's a good prediction. Thank you. All right. So we're done with our bold predictions. One more fun thing to do tonight, an ultimate franchise Fun draft. thing, fun thing, fun thing, fun, fun thing. stuff. Okay. Yes. So here's what we're going to do. We are the owners in baseball. It's a three-team league. Ooh, Nick's an owner. yourself. Amanda's an owner. I'm an owner. Well, I really do. So, I mean, we're all owners, right? And all the players are put in to a new world order because this is the new baseball league. The like new the republic. <laughs> this is the new republic, right? The empire has been defeated. We are on top, right? So every player is into a fantasy draft. We're going to pick five players in a fancy draft snake style of who we would start our franchise with if every player was in a fantasy draft. So I have my random.org website. Oh, okay. I was about to do it, but yeah, go for I it. I got Ryan, I got Nick, and Amanda. So I'm going to hit part two, randomize. So our order is first pick is Nicholas Myers. Oh, top pick in all of baseball. I'm dying to hear who you pick. Second pick is Ryan Moore. And the third pick is Amanda Winchester. But I assume we're going snake draft. So Nick will have first. Amanda will have, sorry, I will have second. Amanda will have third. Amanda will have fourth. I will have fifth. Nick will have sixth, seventh. And so on and so forth. And so on and so on. Wait, I don't don't know what comes after seven. Can you keep going, please? (laughs) Eight. Okay, Nine. we're good. What, we're was good. The, what was the number they made up in iCarly? Uh, Durf. 
derp. There we go. <laughs> you were impressed how I knew that off the top of my head? I was, I was like, was it derp? <laughs> no, it wasn't derp. All right, I yeah. don't even know what so, the hell I Carly is, so. Oh, oh my. God. That is so offensive to Uncultured. me. Uncultured. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. This is probably some stupid Disney show you guys watch when you were kids, oh, right? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Um, it, it, it was a it was a stupid Nickelodeon show. Get your facts okay. right. Come on, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Are we ready to get started? It was a great show. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, play the use and draft sound. Um. All right. So this isn't a bad pick. Obviously, you can't really. I mean, I guess you could go wrong <laughs> with the number one. Yeah, I guess you could. You definitely could baseball. go wrong with the number one pick, uh, but plenty to choose from is what I'm saying. Um, but it is slight pandering, you know. I've taken some, you know, grenades to ensure that Amanda never wins a poll, and you know that you've taken this. You're so full that, of crap. That subsequently means I finished in last, and you know I'm happy to you know lay one down. Uh, for the team, you know, throw down a, a nice sacrifice bunt and what have you, but like a pitcher. Yeah. At, at, no pitchers don't even care about sacrifice bunting. They'll just wave at it. They they only care about getting back to the dugout. I'm a real contributor at all on offense. Um, but you know, sack buns, they don't move the needle. <laughs> oh, just pick right? your person. Good Lord. Now, hey, Hey, this isn't <laughs> your pick. I won't speak during your pick. Hey, you're not speaking mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plenty of time, all right? And everyone knows about the buildup. Oh, Ryan, by the way, that reminds me. Can we get the ESPN graphic about, you know, the tragedy that has struck each one of the draft picks? That'd be great. Went to blank in high school. Mom <laughs> was, like, ran over by a car when they were two years old. <laughs> Amanda, un- Amanda, are you familiar with that, how ESPN oh, does that? Oh, God, yes. It's just, like, I, 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 every time you watch it, I'm like, this is now you just want to, like, go. Do you remember but was it the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where they had this five-minute segment about a kid who died of cancer right before the game? I'm, like, all hyped up to watch the Super Bowl, and then I'm like, Jesus Christ, now I want to go, like, cry in my bed about this family that lost their but son. But, like, for, for like, the, you know, for the draftees, for, yes. for yeah. the draftees, like, you know, most of them do over That's me overcome. the watch. Yeah. The clock is a ticking. Uh, like most of them were, do if overcome If you were just a normal odds. kid who just didn't yeah. have any horrible tragedies happen, you'd be like, no, we can't drop that kid. That is yeah, not a good basically. story for the All right. beginning. Yeah. All right, but anyways, you know, I am, point being, I am pandering a little bit to this pick, but it's not a bad pick. He, he's so young. He's only 22. Plenty of prime left to, to you know, deal with, and I'm going to lock him up for the lifetime. I'm going Juan Soto. Not first pick in all of baseball. I am. Wow. He's 22. He's 22. That's a hell of an endorsement, Nick. I like you know, it. I'm thinking long term. You know, I'm going all in. The next Ted Williams, as they say. As they say. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, so I already wrote down my pick as soon as I heard <laughs> yours. Um, I'm going Mike Trout. Like, yeah, Mike Trout is on pace to be a top five player of all time. Like just based off war alone. And then you look at all of his other stats, his worst season as a pro, he finished second in the MVP race. Like, like the dude is an absolute God. He's doing this with absolutely no lineup protection whatsoever. It's literally him. And he has a career OPS of one, like his average year hits 39 home runs with no one else around him. Um, the dude's a God. He's going to have line of protection with me. He's going to keep swinging out those 10 plus war seasons and he's going to win more MVPs. And I'm going to have a top five player of all time. So Mike Trout is my first pick. 
Strong, that would have been mine had he still been available. If Soto um, was 27, I would have gone Trout, but I, I'm going. I mean, if Soto was 16, I'd still got my Trout. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be as good at 16, Ryan. <laughs> no, the point was, like, it's my Trout. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, he would have been my pick. I'm going to go. Oh, I feel like I need an outfielder to start because you need that big bat who can play in the out. Okay, I'm going to go Christian Yelich. I feel like he's got a lot of good years left in him. And he's just come into his prime and really found himself as a player in the last few years. So I think he would be a great, a great person to build a franchise around. Okay. Next pick. Let me think. Okay. So I've got an outfielder now. Ooh, I shouldn't go outfield again, but I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Mookie Betts. I just, I mean, what can you say? He's, I love Mookie. I know, I do too. I mean, he's he's just, how could you not want that guy on your team? And I think, can you imagine an outfield that has both Mookie Betts and Christian Yelich in it? Uh, I don't want to because it's probably not going to be on the Nats. It would be nice if it were anywhere, though. Just as, a, just as a baseball fan, wouldn't that be fun to watch? Okay, that's my second one. Nick or Ryan, you're next, right? Yeah, it is I, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I was going to go a couple ways. You know, I was thinking of going another, another position player um i'm a little torn right now there's a couple guys but I, I i really think that i can get this guy later on so i think i may hold off on him so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go pitcher um no. i'm gonna go the best pitcher in the league mm, who's not that would be my next Graham, one and no. I'm going Beaver. he's a true ace damn he's a guy you can build around um he's also only like just turned 25 which is stupid Jacob DeGrom's the best pitcher in the world. Like, it's not close. And then second is Shane Bieber. So I'm going Shane Bieber. He's my number two. Sorry, Nick. I know you're going him next. Damn yeah. It. He would have been one pick away. You were one pick away from getting Bieber. Yeah. yeah. Um, damn, that sucks because that's definitely who I was going to go. Um, all right. So we're pivoting. We're adapting to the times, unlike what the Nats do. Um <laughs> So I am going to continue with my theme of young guys, young superstars, because I'm trying to keep my window open as long as possible. Um, and plus, you know, we get our pick as a litter, all five picks. So, you know, there's going to be plenty of guys who I get pictures specifically later on. Um, so I'm going to go, you know, wow factor, superstar, marketability, um, and properly market my players, unlike baseball, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. I think him and Juan Soto would be, you know, un- unreal, but like, you know, just from you would want to root for that team, even if it's not your team. You know, it it's it would just be so much fun. So I gotta go Tatis, pair him with Soto. And then next I have plenty of options, but I do think I need a picture a pitcher. I kind of want to, you know, go a little bit younger, but the fact that this guy's still on the board and he still has solid years left, I got to go with him because he is the best pitcher on the planet, and I'm going to go to Grom and try to cash in early uh, while he's still in his prime. I like well, it's it. A, it's, a, it's a great pick. Um, so I'm just looking around, trying to figure out who am I going to go, you know? I talked about how... Mike Trout's going to have, he's going to have protection in my lineup, right? You know, Mike Trout, he can steal 40 bases in a year. 
So can this next guy I'm also going to take. He's young. He's cheap. I'm going to Cunha. Um, member of the oh, wow. 30- I completely yeah. forgot he was still available. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought you were going to go him. I was like, great. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting here going, if he is still on the board, I am no. so taking him when he fall, if he falls to me. That was, yeah, I, I, that was my fault because I'm looking at a list, and I scrolled down after we got to, through Trout, Betts, and Soto, and Acuna was still there, so I wasn't even looking at him. So that's, yeah, hand up. That's yeah. my bad. Fantastic. Um, One full year in the league, 41 home runs, 37 Stolen bases, absolutely stupid. So him and Mike Trout are going to be my lethal top lineup pair for uh, the, all of eternity. All eternity. Okay, well, I can't believe Garrett Cole is still on the board, so I feel like I have to take him. I don't have a pitcher yet. So, um, I mean, what are you going to say? Since DeGrom's not there, I think he's the obvious choice for starting pitching. Okay, another one? Uh, let's see. So I have two outfielders. I need an infielder. Um Nolan Arenado. I mean, can't, gotta have can't really go somebody at the hot corner. I love it. Just think about that lineup. Nolan Arenado. In there. Oh, man, it'd be so amazing. Christian Yelich, Nolan Arenado. I don't I mean, even know. I'd have to think sure about everyone's what everyone's lineup's going to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like sitting here now. I'm all giddy. I'm like, where would I even put them in the order? I'd have to think it through. But yeah. All right. That's my two. So I've got an infielder, two outfielders, and a starting pitcher. Okay. Ryan, back to you. Yeah, so I'm going infielder again. I mean, not infielder again. It's my first infielder. Um, someone who I feel is kind of really rounding into form. He's kind of been underrated his entire career. Um, and now that the lineup has kind of gotten better around him, we saw him go off. So it's kind of, you know, I don't really know who to go. So mm, never mind. He's a little old. I don't know if I want that. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Talk yourself out of it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> He's really good. Um, man, this is tough. Hold on a second. That kind of threw me off. I don't know. <laughs> man, let's see. Um, hmm. Who am I going to go? There's so many choices. Um, I'm going to go Alex Bregman. 26. You can't deny talent. I just want the full-blown douchebag squad of people, like, players are going to hate. Everyone yeah, hates that guy. Everyone hates Alex Bregman. Bring him to me. We're pimping everything, City. 26 years old, holding down the hot corner at third. Um, and, yeah, and I got three dudes who easily hit over 30 home runs in my lineup. Hard to argue with that, but I hate that guy. Dang. This one's tough because, obviously, you know, there's a ton of talent on the board. Um, I think I'm just going to stack my lineup and get pitcher in the turn because there's a, a few pitchers that I'd be fine with getting, you know, later on. I'll just take any one of them. Um, so I'm just going to stack my lineup. My first pick, you know, I think he's slightly overrated, but he is a gold glove center fielder, mind you. And, you know, lefty power bat and an MVP. So not many MVPs still or recent MVPs still left on here. I'm going to go Cody Bellinger. Um, you know, and positional flexibility as well. Um, so that that's my first pick. And he's young, which I'm trying to stick towards. And this next guy, similar to Jacob Degrom, he's over 30, but still has some prime years left. And arguably, you know, I think he's unquestionably the best first baseman now, but arguably one of the best hitters in baseball. And that's Freddie Freeman. Um, 
And I think he's pretty likable too. So, you know, I have that theme going opposite of Ryan of a team that you kind of just want to root for. So the anti douchebags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm going uh, Cody Bellinger and then Freddie Freeman to round out my team. That's a good one. I like it. Is somebody writing these down? So yeah, I am. Put out on. Okay. Probably should have gone a second picture, but eh, oh well. All right, Ryan, who's your last pick? You know, I'm I'm really thinking on this one. Um, there's a lot of different ways I can really go for this. So I'm kind of torn. I'm like, ah, do I want him? I don't know. But when I come back to it, I'm going to take the actually good Dodger pitcher, and I'm going Walker Bueller, young as hell, dominant, dude can win big games. I was going to fully embrace the – I was going to fully embrace the douchebag and go Trevor Bauer here, but I think he's kind of overrated. That's why I didn't go Cody Bellinger because I think he's also overrated. So I kind of want to go six mainly because I want you to take Trevor Bauer, but also I just didn't, you know, look at the draft correctly. And I thought I had one more round. I thought the draft would end with me and it doesn't. I'm done. <laughs> so I screwed yeah. up. <laughs> wow. And I would like to isolate the audio where Ryan says, I'd like to fully embrace the douchebag if we could get that somehow. Some people don't like Walker Bueller though. Not to the level of Trevor Bauer, but. Yeah, it'd be hard to get to that level. Oh, Ryan, I wasn't sure if you had more. No, I'm done. Embrace the douche. <laughs> All right. All right, Amanda, okay, so I'm really torn here on this last pick because I feel like I could go for a killer reliever and I don't have any. I feel like none of us really went after the relief pitching here. So I could go that direction or I also don't have a catcher and JT Realmuto is still available. So I'm torn between either Josh Hader, whom I can't stand, but it's hard to argue with the numbers, and JT Realmuto. And I don't know which direction to go. Do I stack the lineup? Or do I have a kick-ass pitcher who can lock down the end of the games? Ooh, um, I'm going to go Josh Hader. I feel like you got to have the pitching. There's lots of teams who don't have pitching, and it doesn't matter how good your offense is if your bullpen can't win a game for you. So Josh Hader, that's my last pick. Reliever is way too volatile for me in this draft. You can only count on them year to year, basically. So, yeah, so but if I, you're I gonna if you're gonna come out swinging with oh, sure. the first couple of years that you're you've got your new franchise and you want to you want to win a World Series, you got to have some pitching. Yeah, but if I'm starting a franchise, I want someone I can count on for years to come, and not just if I'm, maybe one year. I'm I would trade for a guy bag. like Hater, but I wouldn't. So if I could choose anyone, I wouldn't choose a reliever. Yeah, I'm embracing douchebag, but that's one I would not touch. I know. Well, I thought that way about Bregman, but there you go. Yeah, completely. Di different levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm trying to keep personality out of it. All right. Well, that was fun. I guess we'll put that out as we always do on the um, Half Street High Heat account so people can vote on whose team they like best. I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling. And Speaking of Twitter, let's see. We got some Twitter questions. My favorite thing ever is that Nick's grandpa sent us a question this week. Via so email, mind you, not even over the at, phone. I love how you you put me. a you put a handle as at Nick's grandpa in here in the show doc. Which I should is so probably funny. check to see if that's actually a thing on Twitter before <laughs> we net that out. <laughs> We're gonna start with his question, and he says 
and I think you said this was prompted by somebody comparing him and calling him the next Ted Williams. It was the Fangraphs comp in the uh, Zips projection, I think. Got it. I love it that your grandpa reads that stuff. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he said, is Soto the best pure hitter in the league? And I assume he means in the leagues. Um, yeah. Uh, so I want to do a little bit more depth, um, a little bit more research on this. So when I think pure hitter, I immediately jump to OPS. I think that's, you know, you can dive deeper with all the advanced statistics if you really want to, um, which you can. I, I think there's a lot of good statistics to use. But OPS is a main one I'm using because it's someone getting on base. So, you know, they have a good feel for the strike zone. And obviously slugging their good hitter in the hit with power, not just contact, but also wanted to look at uh, strikeout percentage and see who, you know, is one of the best hitters as far as OPS goes, but someone who strikes out the least because obviously striking out the least means you put the ball in contact the most if you're a qualified hitter. And number one, can any of you guess who the, uh, it's not, you know, Juan Soto or anyone else, but can you guess who the league leader is in strikeout percentage? Like the lowest strikeout percentage? Adam Eaton. (laughs) I can't believe you didn't put him in your Regan review, by the way. It's uh, someone I talk about a lot. Is it George Springer? No. <laughs> Try to think of the people you talk about a lot. It's uh, the future Nat Tommy Listella. And he has it by a really? sig- significant wow. margin. Uh, his strikeout percentage, this was only in 2020, but uh, strikeout <laughs> percentage was only 5.8. And the next lowest was 9.9 by DJ LeMayhew. So, and what was his OPS? Uh, you know, we don't have to go into that, um, but that, that's not my answer. <laughs> so really, you can only, you know, it comes down to two people. And I actually have these two people on my draft that we just did. Juan Soto is definitely one of them. And I think the other one is Freddie Freeman. Um, so Juan Soto was one in baseball and a lot of offensive statistics, but Freddie Freeman was two in a lot of them as well. So it's really neck and neck. But if you look at strikeout percentage, um, Freddie Freeman was 15th at a 13.7. Juan Soto was 19th at a 14.3. So, again, it's still neck and neck. Um, so I'll give it to Soto, just a little bit, little bit of bias there. But I think Freddie Freeman is the other one in that conversation. That is super interesting stuff. And can we take a moment to be pissed off again about how Soto didn't even get a final, uh, you know, one of the finalists for MVP year. this year? This is yeah. Even without a, playing the whole year, he still led in a lot of those. He did. I don't know. Um, this is a really good question in the conversation. Um, Soto's gift is that he has really good plate vision. Um, he only chases pitches outside the zone sixteen percent of the time. That's that's another good a, stat. That's eleventh in the league. Um, he's just behind Joey Votto. I wouldn't say he's the best pure hitter in the league. Um, he's a top five hitter in baseball, but like, as long as Mike Trout's alive, Mike Trout's the best, like Mike Trout is the best hitter in baseball. And everyone's always like, who's the best player in baseball. And everyone just doesn't want to say Mike Trout. Like it's still Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout is by far and away the best hitter in baseball. And then like Soto's in the top five, give it a couple years as he keeps developing. I think Juan Soto is going to be because Juan Soto is a special talent. He's a special hitter. Like we haven't really seen anyone with that much pure talent for hitting the ball come up in a while. So like I would have him in my top five. 
but I wouldn't say he's the best pure hitter just yet. Give it two years, he probably will be, but as of right now, can't. Yeah, um, for reference, I, oh, Mike Trout, I'm going to use 2019 just because it's a larger sample size. Mike Trout had a 20% strikeout percentage, which seems pretty high, but I guess that's pretty normal or like, you know, good. Um, Juan Soto had a 20.8, so it's pretty comparable. Freddie Freeman had an 18.6. percentage. Like, I, I, I know why you're using I, it. Yeah, it just, you know, I'm looking for people are striking to use. Yeah, I know. Like, I know why you're using, but people are striking out more than ever in MLB history. So I feel like that's just a stat that's just like, like, I, I just, that's oh, not I'm one. just using it in comparison. Like, I don't care about, no, no, like you know, I, how I said, I know why you're using it. Yeah. Cause like Hanser Alberto led in 2019 with a 9.1%. Like Hanser Alberto is not the best pure hitter. So I, I get, you know, there's limitations to strikeout percentage for sure, but I'm just looking at in terms of, uh, you know, comparison. Yeah, when you look at an overall, when you look at a hitter overall, there's a lot of different ways you can examine how they hit. And that's, I that's think, an interesting one. Pit, De, Ryan definitely has a point that, you know, chase percentage is definitely a better stat because I'm using strikeout percentage in terms of plate vision, but mm-hmm. uh, chase percentage is literally the stat to use for, you know, plate vision. So Ryan has it there. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, Juan Soto's command of the, of the strike zone is like otherworldly i've never seen anything like it it's so fun to watch and if i see a, if he doesn't swing at a pitch and and they call it a they call it a strike i'm just like that wasn't a strike i don't even have to look yeah at you the, usually look like, at the replay and you're like man right. soto got hosed yeah but i know soto got hosed if he didn't swing and they call it a strike he got hosed because he if it was a strike you would have swung at it the guy's crazy and but we've seen you know, this, the the stills or the slow-mos of it too and you know Juan soto's not often wrong no, and I love the way he talks to the to the umps too. How he's just like he'll say something like that oh, wasn't a strike. <laughs> he's he's very matter of fact about it. But I feel like he's already at 22 years old. He's got the respect I think already. Oh, he's gonna the, get the better. Ups. Yeah. Yeah, like they they tend. I, I think that you know when you're a young guy and you're arrogant like that. And I think there was a feeling of arrogance about him. And maybe there still is. A lot of people who a lot of people don't like Juan Soto. They don't like the Soto shuffle and they don't like the, the pimping stuff. And I think it's freaking awesome. Well, I can tell but, you why they don't, but we won't mm-hmm. have that conversation on this podcast. But the command of the strike zone is unbelievable. And I think you're right in the next two or three years, if he's not already the best hitter in baseball, he's in that top few. And I think, I think when, when Mike Trout starts the inevitable decline in a few years that all players go through, I, I think Soto, it, it will then be what, 20, Six, six 27 years old probably even better than than he is now i'm i just can't wait i i hope they back up reaching free agency house. for the first right, time no, when the dodgers I, give him a 10-year 600 million dollar no, deal no they're gonna sign him he's gonna stay here forever i refuse to acknowledge any other possibilities i'm gonna franchise tag him. him yes i want to franchise the, the the eternal franchise tag whatever that's gonna take just do it make it happen all right next one is at Oleg Kavasha asks, Nats have one of the most boring uniform sets in the majors. Should the DC logo be brought back? Have the at Todd Random block bunting script for the Sunday alternates? I don't know what that means. So I haven't uh, seen the jersey that he's referring to. Um, I was looking at his account. It's a guy who does like fan edits of a bunch of different jerseys and like new okay. fan concepts. Yeah, he does a lot and they're pretty cool. I never liked the block DC. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't I love it either. 
Like I like, I hate the Curly W. The Curly W is dumb. It's too close to Walgreens. Like it, it's literally the Walgreens. It's look. literally the same. I wish I could say it wasn't and like opposing friends are reaching, but it's literally <laughs> the same. Yeah. Like Walgreens came first also. So like, I'm not really sure how that one happened. Um, you think there would have been a cease and desist at some point? Yeah. Like it's like, are they like, Hey, that's our logo. But no, like I like the nationals that says, but again, like we've talked about this before. They have a Jersey crisis. They don't know what to do. And I don't really know how you spice up their thing either. Cause their logo is kind of boring just in general. It's like, I don't really know how to spice it up unless they completely change their logo in general, but I, I never liked the block DC. Yeah. I've got a couple of the old, you know, I've got like some hats and, and other merch that has the old interlocking DC on there. And it's like, I like it in the sense that it's nostalgic, but you know, as an objective, is this a good logo? No, it is not. Um, but also the you know the red curly W. I kind of like the the way they can play on the curly W. Like there's a curly W in the books, and like I like some of that stuff. But it's definitely very Walgreens esque and think a little boring. My choice for if they were to like move on from the curly W, which I don't see happening, they might bring back the interlocking DC as like a throwback thing. But I don't see them moving on from the curly W, even though they should. I would much rather the you know Senators block W. Because I think it looks sharp and, you know, it, it really stands out and you can make it whatever color you want. Um, so I, I, that would be my choice. I just find that just a letter is so boring. Like there's so many possibilities you can do. Well, we logo. don't like we also don't really have like a logo. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to do something other than the curly W, which I think at some point they're going to have to because it's already feeling maybe a little stale and that's only going to increase as time goes by. But they can come up with, I mean, because I don't love all the Caps logos, but at least they go for it. You know what I mean? Like they've got the, the Capitol building and the Screaming Eagle and the Weagle and they've got all these cool things that they've done. And, you know, they just kind of go for it and do fun stuff and see what works and what doesn't. And I feel like the, the Nats could something other than just letters dc or w like uh, they can pay me and uh, pay me for my new natchat logo there you go do you hear that who's listening we got to make sure this gets into the I hands mean, of the right people it's more like who isn't listening so <laughs> right right all right so i would love to see the one he's referring to though so at oleg kvasha send us tweet us the one you were referring to because i'd like to look at it Agreed. All right. One more question we have from our pal at Luther Libby, who says, thoughts on the Washington football team going to the Super Bowl? Yes. <laughs> uh, big for, you know, D.C. Ryan pointed out earlier, 2018 was Caps, 2019 was the Nats. So naturally, 2020 is the Washington football team. Um, and also, Sam Fortier joins the Nats. They win the World Series. He moves on to the Washington football team. So, again, it only makes sense that they win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's a lock yeah. at this point. Isn't the Super Bowl technically going to be in 2021? So. Yeah, but it's for the 2020 season. It, it's weird. Yeah, so that that's fair. That's fair. So does that mean 2021 is for the Wizards? They've got to. Yeah. I mean, Russell got, Westbrook. God, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> could happen. It could happen. It couldn't happen. <laughs> Narrator, it couldn't happen. All right. Um, I think that's it for us except our one big thing. What do you guys got this week? My one big thing is everyone talks about, as I put, put my PlayStation controller down, 
Um, <laughs> oh, we're getting serious. You know he's serious when he puts his PlayStation controller down. Everyone talks about what's the problem with baseball. What's ruining baseball, right? Like, they're like, oh, why is baseball struggling? It's Rob Manfred. It's not Rob Manfred. It's the stupid owners. The owners are doing more damage to this sport than anyone could ever do. And I am sick and tired of them getting away with it, right? Like, these people are all freaking multi-billionaires, right? I saw this great analogy. Actually, it was a terrible analogy because they're a pro owner. Major League Baseball is a store, right? They own the store. They're making billions and billions of dollars of it. And lately, they outsource their product, right? So their products get made real cheap. And then whenever they have designer goods come along, they're like, no, no, no. We can't take the designer goods. We want the cheap outsource product where we're going to barely pay them. And then when it's time for us to get a new contract with a great brand name, we're going to say no because we want that cheap stuff. But we're going to make it harder for you to get the product at our store, right? It's going to be hard for you to get it. And then we're going to make the prices even more expensive to increase all of our products, sorry, all of our margins, we're going to be raking the dough while you're going to be paying for the stuff that costs the same thing as it did 20 years ago. And then when I'm bored with my store, my store is getting old, I'm going to go have my consumers use their hard-earned tax money to build me a new $3 billion store. But I'm not going to do anything to make the store better. I'm not going to get any fresh new products. I'm not going to get anything else. I'm going to say I'm rebuilding. I'm not going to tell you I'm rebuilding because I'm going to keep selling the same crap every single year. That's the freaking owners. I'm so tired of it, man. Like they're not spending money. They're crying poor every single year, acting like their life is so freaking hard and I'm tired of it. And the, like the COVID losses is the worst thing to happen to the sport because you already had years of owners realizing, Hey, we can slash all of our payroll. People are still going to come. People are still going to be there. You know, if you build it, they will come and people are still going to watch. And the way our TV contracts are, we're still going to make our money. We're not going to let you ever stream it whatsoever because we're not going to make as much money off of that. And we're going to pocket everything. And they're killing the sport. Like the NBA barely lost less money than uh, MLB did because they had to build their own city in Disney World. They just gave out a $200 million contract. Like we're almost, we're like over a month in MLB off season. I don't it, think it was like a, like, sorry. It was like a $900 million contract because it was yeah, 30, million, 30 million, 30 million, 30 million per right? team, 30 teams. So, <clears throat> oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. That yeah. doesn't include that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that worked. I don't know like what private. Yeah, me like, neither. <laughs> that sounds like a stock market for the rich people, which pisses me off even more. Um, eat the rich. But like, it's just blowing my mind. These people are multi-billionaires that all got richer during the pandemic, and they're going to cry poor and try to figure out why attendance is going down when they're not doing anything because the way the revenue is set up, they don't have to do anything. The Marlins even made a, a margin when they had 10,000 people coming every single game. Like, the owners are killing this game, and they're the reason why ratings are going down, um, tickets are going down, somehow revenue is still going up. But they're creating a very, very dangerous path for baseball where baseball is not adopting with the way the climate is and what the consumers want. And it's going to put baseball in a very, very dark place soon if the owners don't start spending money. And they're not going to because they're winning right now. The CBA is going to get very, very ugly. And we don't know what's going to come from that. The players may have to budge just to get baseball again. 
but it's going to get ugly and that is going to do damage. We talked about if there's no 2020 season, that was going to kill baseball. If there's a lockout in 2021, that may be what kills baseball. And it's all because of these rich white billionaires who don't want to spend their money. You know what sucks is that whenever they do experience just not even a, uh, you know, a, a loss is just like um, come under projections. Like, so they're still making a profit. And it's still seven million. Yeah, yeah. You know what they do? Oh, here's a new alternate hat. Here's a new alternate jersey. You know who eats it up? This guy right here. Because I have to have everything new, and I fall for it <laughs> every single time, and I just hate myself a little bit more and more every single time it happens. Yeah, and I, I agree with some of what you said. I I think that I have faith that baseball, even if these owners drive it down, that eventually the base people. The people who love baseball still love baseball. And if these guys screw it up enough, then the market will correct itself, which is they'll go, okay, we've got, you know, our ratings are low enough and our attendance is low enough that we have to make a change. And they'll eventually make the change that has to be made. And then, you know, baseball will be able but to come back. Will it be too late by then? Because I don't think so. Too late the, for what? I mean, I don't. The people who love baseball, the average age of them is 55 years old. Like none of us are close to that age, but. The average age of a baseball fan is 55 years old and the average age of the country is 33. So like, right. that's a pretty big disconnect and baseball is really, really struggling. Connecting but that's actually what I'm saying is eventually if they drive the game down enough and then they're going to have to rework it in order to be something that can appeal to a younger audience. And I just, I believe that the market will correct itself eventually. If I, hopefully it won't have to come with a huge, you know, it won't have to come with baseball falling as far as I think it could fall. But if it does, I just believe that they'll, you know, baseball itself is an awesome sport. And I think if they had to do something where they repackage it in a new way and bring it back in a new way, because MLB screwed it up so much that MLB is no longer viable. I don't think that means baseball as a sport is dead forever. There's, there's other ways to, you know what I mean? I, I, I think that baseball will survive the MLB, even if MLB itself screws things up really, really badly baseball is a great product and somebody will figure out a way there's a demand for a great product. Somebody will figure out a way to get it to people. My, uh, you know, the players do have a good amount of leverage, but the problem is, you know, if no baseball is played, it really hurts the players more than the owners. Um, but that's really what the players have to, you know, threaten, I guess, in any sort of negotiation. And the fact that they're, you know, there's um, increasing consciousness and effort towards, you know, the treatment and betterment of minor leaguers, I think plays a part into this. Um, but I agree with a lot of what Ryan's saying, like the owners are bad for baseball, you know, and my, my one big thing was going to be, All you capitalism. Know, yeah, <laughs> my one big thing was going to be talking about the NBA, um, but Ryan hit on that a little bit, you know, the MLB had blueprints to follow. Like they don't have to follow it to a T. They don't have to build their own city or anything like that. But, you know, you can adopt what worked for the NBA. You can adopt what worked for the NFL. Plus, you know, you have the benefit, unlike hockey and basketball, of most of your stadiums are outdoors. So, you know, come April, most likely you're going to be allowed some fans. Yes, it won't be, you know, 40,000 capacity, but like the Marlins, they were only getting 10,000 fans to begin with. So what's the difference if they get five instead of 10, 
you know, I mean, we saw it with the playoffs. So most likely you are going to get some fans. So you're not going to experience that much of a loss um, or, you know, as big of a loss as you normally would have. But, you know, baseball is slow to adapt and it's showing more now because of COVID. Um, but I'll shift my one big thing to something we talked about on Twitter today, and that is Adam Eaton. Um, you know, there was, uh, I don't know if it was MLB.com or a White Sox beat reporter talking about the possibility of an Adam Eaton reunion. And I just, you know, wanted to highlight this. The replies were hilarious. I'm glad he's gone. Right. But if you think about Adam Eaton on the White Sox, right. You know, he was young, up and coming, cheap, controllable, you know, all those reasons the Nats traded for him, you know, that was him on the White Sox. You know, he was having career years. He was putting up five war seasons, um, maybe even higher than that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but that was him at his best. Right. So, you know, you see the possibility of an Adam Eaton reunion and you expect the, you know, the reaction to be somewhat positive or accepting. No, 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 no. It's not the case. Every single reply that had, you know, there's the random bot replies, but every single reply that had to do with the actual question at hand about an Adam Eaton reunion was negative. And I'm, that was not, that's not an exaggeration. Every single one was negative. Nobody wanted Adam Eaton back. Well, you would think, oh, maybe it's because he's not the same player, obviously, as he was five years ago, which would be a fair point, right? Except that's not the reason that White Sox fans don't want him back. It's because he was a clubhouse nightmare, which we got some reports of in D.C. And, you know, it wasn't maybe as reported on as it, you know, might have been because we saw him, you know, gear shift in the dugout after Howie Kendrick hits home run and everyone thinks he's like the coolest guy ever. But, you know, we got some rumblings that he was, you know, kind of a, a, I don't want to say cancer, but, you know, for lack of a better term, a cancer in a clubhouse. And, and White Sox fans all but confirmed that. You know, he was at his best in Chicago, whether it was due to health, which was a large part of it, or just, you know, this, the change of scenery that we always see, you know, athletes go through. They succeed in one place where they failed in another without really much change elsewhere. Um, and White Sox fans still didn't want him. You know, Adam Eaton is who he is. I understand, you know, the trade somewhat helped us win a World Series. But my point is, he deserves to be gone, whether it's for on-field, you know, production or lack thereof, or, you know, what I'm alluding to now, the, you know, presence in the clubhouse. It's not what you want. And I talked about earlier how the Nats need an identity. And if they are going to be a fun team, Adam Eaton is not the guy for that identity. He is, you know, that guy at a party where you're like, dude, what the hell? Why are you just being a dick? That is Adam Eaton, quite literally, you know? And again, White Sox fans all but confirmed it. So I'm feeling pretty good about my stance. I don't feel any regret for, you know, talking smack about Adam Eaton for all these years. I think the trade was a bust and we would have won the World Series without him. And he's just bad for teams. So I can't wait to see him sign a minor league deal somewhere and never make it back to the big leagues. Wow. Well, that's a little hateful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Adam Eaton particularly, but I also don't, I don't get the absolute hatred for him. I've never, I don't know. He seemed, and I don't know if he, there was more going on in the clubhouse than what we're hearing about, but it just seemed, especially during the world series round, like he 
got along with everybody, seemed happy in the dugout. I don't know. I'm glad he's gone. I don't think he's part of the future for the Nats, but I don't have the same reaction to him that you seem to. So I don't know, but I'm going to totally shift gears with my one big thing, which is I want to talk about KBO baseball for my one big thing. Dinos, baby. My team won the championship. That was it. Knicks, Dinos won the championship, and they have god damn sword that they pull out of a stone for now their that's trophy. a piece I of mean, metal that was so fun if you haven't watched this we should find it again and post it from the half street high heat account for the listeners especially since we're mentioning it now but it was so fun and before mlb came back when there was all the drama early in the season and we didn't even know if we were going to have a season like i watched a lot of kbo baseball and it was super fun they totally pimp their home runs they do these crazy swings like when they, they spin in circles like it is fun baseball to watch and they i've done a little reading about it and they have this sort of posting schedule they call it where they can put players up during a certain window for mlb consideration and i think there's a couple of players that um, played that you if you watched any kbo baseball this year you might have become familiar with who are going to be posted for mlb consideration so shortstop Okay. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name because I didn't pull it up and, and look at it. And then um, I think Dan Straley, they said yesterday or today, is going to resign and stay in the KBO. And I know he had some interest from MLB teams because he did impress this year. And a lot of people here in the, in the States were watching. But anyway, the KBO is really, really fun. And uh, if you just like baseball and not just MLB baseball. It's definitely something worth checking out. And I think they deserve the support. And I'm hoping that ESPN will continue to carry some of their games into the next season, once, even if we have a regular MLB season to watch as well. So that was it. Nothing really to contribute except that KBA baseball is awesome and you guys should watch it. That's my one big thing. All right, we got anything else before we go this evening? Big things coming from Half Street High Heat. Can't announce it yet, but be on the lookout. There's big things coming, and this is not just, you know, uh, bait and switch. There are big things coming that you want to be a part of. So stick with us throughout the offseason. Even when nothing's going on, we got you covered. Yeah, real big things. Not like Rogelio Adamanteros signing, but like... <laughs> really big things all right so i'll give the twitter handles one more time even though you people should really know them by now at a white 7877 at dc nat shack at half shack cap at one pursuit takes at mdt 0618 and at half street high heat make sure you vote in the poll to see who's all ta- all mlb draft was the best and we will talk again Next week or the week after? I don't know if we're we're doing every probably other week. We'll next week if we're gonna take Christmas off, but we'll talk about it. You'll let us or we'll let you know. Well our our people will call your people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll do. All right. You guys have a good week. Later. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls, so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go. Another monument, the Nats are rolling on the wind, we're holding
By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.